0: it is about us as people that laughs when someone gets hurt, right? Isn't that kind of a sick thing we all do? I remember years ago when I was about twelve, my sister was about eight, we were on a family vacation and we were hanging out in the pool, and my sister Jeanette, she decided she wanted to go back to the room, so she got up out of the pool. And she went to walk through an open door to go back to the hallway. The problem was that the open door was actually a closed door. It was a perfectly clear, unmarked door. And I will still remember, I still hear reverberating through the room, the perfectly funny sound of her little noggin hitting that door, and then her stumbling backwards and bouncing down each step until she landed on a heap in a pile. And I laughed for days. It was great. So funny. Now, you're all just as sick as I am, right? Um, Go ahead, go to YouTube a little later tonight. Check out America's Funniest Some Video. I guarantee that the thing you will laugh at the most is not some stupid animal trick. It is when someone gets hurt on one of those films. So we're all just as sick as one another. But, But what is it about us in the moment that makes us laugh? I think part of the reason we laugh is because we're seeing the whole picture. We're seeing the situation in context. We realize something. We realize that while the person that we're watching is probably mildly injured and largely humiliated, they're really okay because we see the context. We see that they're okay. We see the larger picture. We're zoomed out. Now, the reason that people get so mad when you laugh at them in those moments is because they are zoomed in on their pain. They don't see the bigger picture. They're not getting the context. All they are feeling is that something hurts, and that hurt is radiating through them, and all they're doing is responding to that pain. And last week, though a lot of you guys weren't with us, we sort of threw out this idea that suffering out of context is unbearable. When we're not looking at the big picture, when we don't see the context for what we're going through and maybe what God's up to behind the scenes and what's going to maybe be a good outcome of all this, it becomes just unbearable. Our suffering, when we take it out of context of what God is up to in our life or we're so zoomed in on the pain, we miss all the other good things, it's agonizing to walk through, and it chokes out all hope, doesn't it? And some of us are right there right now. We're zoomed in on different aspects of suffering and pain in our life. Some of us are zoomed in on emotional pain. And we're not looking at the context or the big picture or what God might be up to in the midst of it. All we can think about is the pain. All we can think about is how a person hurt us. All we can think about is uh, maybe a loved one that we lost recently. All we can think about is sort of feeling like a slave to somebody's demands. And emotionally, we're just kind of busted up inside and we're zoomed in on that without any idea. Like You can't even think about big picture. You're just hurting so badly. Some of you guys know what this is like when it just comes to where you are in life. You're just hating your work environment. You're hating your school environment. And you're so zoomed in on that, it's like all you can see. It's like you have tunnel vision. And all the good in life and all the possibility that God might be up to is like it might, it might as well not even be happening because all you're focusing in on is that pain. You have no, no heart for context or big picture or zooming out. You're just looking right at that. Some of us, if we're honest, we're just weak. We just feel tired. We just feel exhausted. We feel like we can't take another step forward. It just feels like life has been so beating us up that it's hard to focus on much else than just survival mode almost. Some of us just feel helpless. You know, you're just in a situation where you, you cannot control your situation. You cannot control... A sickness or this, the, 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 a sick, the sickness of a loved one in your life. You can't control maybe a financial burden that you're going through. Maybe you can't control a broken relationship. You've done everything you know to put this thing back together, and the other person just will not be reasonable, and you're just feeling helpless. Maybe some of you guys are suffering a little bit because of persecution. And Obviously, what we go through here in America is nothing compared to what happens around the world. But still, it costs us sometimes to follow Jesus. It costs us relationships sometimes. And maybe some of you guys are going through some of that. So I don't know what your suffering might sort of be coming from. Maybe I didn't even bring it up. But whether it's physical or it's emotional or financial or just a general sense of helplessness or weakness or whatever it might be, I want to give you some hope. I want to give you some context. I want to give you some big picture. I want you to zoom out and not just see your pain. Because suffering out of context is unbearable, but suffering in context brings hope. And suffering in context shows us that God maybe is up to some things. And suffering in context, seeing the bigger picture, helps us see that our suffering isn't pointless. And so last week, we looked That's sort of the long-term answer, the long-term hope that we have to cling to when it comes to our suffering. Paul, in Scripture, reminded us last week that our current suffering doesn't compare to our future glory, that what you and I are going through here and now, it's real. The pain you feel is real, but it just simply doesn't compare to how great heaven will be. Jesus purchased heaven for us when he died on the cross for those of us who put our trust in him. And the, the things we go through here and now, though they seem huge and we zoom in on them, when we zoom out and we think about eternity, everything changes. And so last week I just tried to give you that long-term perspective hope, but this week I want to give you some here and now hope. I want some big picture hope for today because it's one thing to have hope and know that one day this will all be done and you won't suffer anymore in heaven, but it's another thing to find some hope here and now. Um, I struggle with migraines every once in a while. They're really nasty. They just will come on, and my head starts hurting. And if I don't catch it quick enough, it's before I know it, man, I feel like I could throw up. Sometimes I get dizzy. Sometimes I get some blurred vision. And it gets to the point where I just got to get myself away from all sound and all light. And so my kids just kind of freak out. You know, they walk in my room. It's the middle of the day. I got all the lights off. I'm sitting up in my bed with like a towel wrapped around my head. Like, Dad, you know, go down and tell Mom. Mom's like, "Uh, he's just in his special place right now. Leave him alone. He'll be okay. But in that moment, it's one thing for me to think to myself, you know what? Praise God, I'll be in heaven one day, and I won't have migraines anymore. That's true, and it's real, and I look forward to that. But I need something here and now to help me. I need something in the moment. And so I'm praying and I'm taking some Advil here and now. And I want to give you some hope here and now. Some things you can cling to today about why maybe we're going through some things we're going through and maybe some of what God's trying to do in and through it. And so I want you to see, as we look at what Paul has to say today, two two reasons that we can hope in the midst of our pain and suffering here and now. So last week I pointed you to the future, but today it's about hope here and now. If you're not a follower of Jesus, this is a really big deal for you too. And I hope you'll kind of sit up and pay attention throughout this message because the number one reason that people push God away is pain and suffering. They can't imagine why if they're going through some hard things in life that God is good. They can't figure that out. They can't kind of make ends of that. And so today I want to give you some hope and help you see that maybe God can be good in the midst of our pain our suffering. And so we're looking here at Romans chapter 8, which I think is the best chapter ever. And Paul wrote this letter to the Romans, and it kind of turned into this famous chapter in the Bible. And we've been memorizing it. I hope some of you guys are are with this still, still going for it. I will say this. I will admit this. Last week was a rough memorization week. There were some tough verses and a lot of verses. This week is an easy memorization week. It's three verses. That's what we're looking at here tonight. And I just want to encourage you, if you haven't started yet, you could still catch up. We have three more weeks to have this all memorized out. It's not like there's this like timetable. You could take as long as you need, but if you want to kind of be doing this along with us in our church timetable here, you have three more weeks to catch up. So if you memorize like a verse or two a day for the next several weeks, you'd be right there with us. But here we're going to see in these few verses tonight two reasons why we can have hope in the midst of suffering here and now. So Romans 8 verse 26, Paul says this, in the same way the Spirit, he's talking about the Holy Spirit, helps us in our weakness. Now this word weakness, if you look at what Paul wrote in the Greek language, means sickness, frailty, or helplessness. So Paul tells us that the Spirit helps us in our weakness, our sickness, our frailty, our helplessness. So what does the Holy Spirit do? How does he help us? Well, we're going to get to that in a minute, but I just want to encourage you and let you know that The answer isn't just wait for heaven. That's part of the answer. We get to look forward to heaven and have that kind of eternal perspective. But that's not the whole answer. There's hope here and now because the Holy Spirit is with you. Whatever you're going through, whatever emotional pain you're going through, physical pain, financial stress, frailty, weakness, whatever it might be, You're not alone in that. You could be the most isolated person on planet Earth, and if you have trust in Jesus, then you are not alone. The Holy Spirit is with you and wants to help you. Now, how does the Holy Spirit want to help you? That's what's so important in this next verse. Before we find out how the Holy Spirit wants to help us, we have to kind of be convinced that we need help, okay? And so Paul's going to hint at how the Holy Spirit helps us by showing us that we need help. Here's what it says. We do not know what we ought to pray for. So maybe the Holy Spirit wants to help us with something having to do with that. But can we just sit for a second and realize that when we're suffering and when we're in deep pain, we don't pray very well, do we? Because we just don't know what to pray sometimes. You know? Sometimes we're, we know that we don't know what to pray and it's like, God, I don't know how else to pray. I don't know what other words to use. I don't know how to get this out. I just want my suffering to end. I just want this issue to stop but I don't really know how to pray. Then there's other times we think we know how to pray, but we really don't know how to pray. You know, and, and we're crying out to God for something and, and God is shaking his head saying, you really don't want that for me. I know you think you want that for me, but you don't want that for me. Guys in the room, this is us praying. God, just make her like me. Lord, please, God. Let her say, yes, God, I will do anything. I will be a missionary in Africa, or maybe not Africa, I'll go to Jersey, Lord. They need you, Lord, they're lost in Jersey, I'll go. God, help me, but just let her like me, please, God. Fast forward a month, and you've been dating, and now it's like, God, you've gotta get me out of this. Lord, have mercy, is this really your will that I suffocate and die in this relationship? Why are you allowing this? I thought you were good, right? Right? Because we just don't know how we ought to pray sometimes. And so we need help, especially when we're suffering. Because when we're suffering and in pain, we're so often praying about that issue that we're zoomed in on. And all we have in view is getting that pain to stop and leave us alone. We've lost the big picture and the context. So the Holy Spirit is here to help us because we don't often know how to pray in the midst of our suffering. The next part of the verse says this, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Now, what does that mean? Well, we're gonna look at that over the next few minutes here, but the Holy Spirit wants to intercede for you, wants to make a difference in your life. Well, what does that mean? Well, intercede means to intercede in behalf of another or to plead. Just think about that for a second. Why have hope in the midst of your suffering? The Holy Spirit is pleading on your behalf. The Holy Spirit in your life is approaching our heavenly Father and pleading for you and me. Father, give them strength. Father, enable them to continue to push forward with perseverance. Father, heal them. Father, provide for them. The Holy Spirit is pleading for you and for me. And so Reason number one to have hope in the midst of suffering is that the Holy Spirit is praying for you. The Holy Spirit's praying for me. The Holy Spirit is praying for us. That's just an incredible thought to me. Now, what is this part about praying or interceding with groans that words cannot express? That's, that part sounds a little bit confusing. What does that mean? Well, again, if you look back at the Greek, this helps out a lot. Basically, here's a definition for you of sort of that phrase. The Holy Spirit is praying size and groans of concern for us that are too deep for words. Holy Spirit is groaning and sighing out of concern for you, for what you're going through tonight, for the suffering in your life, for the pain that you may be enduring. The Holy Spirit, out of intense love and passion and concern for you, is groaning to the Father. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but there have been times in my life, just recently actually, I heard about some friends that were going through something so hard and difficult that almost all I could do was groan and sigh for them. You know, the person told me what was going on, and all, all I could do was get a couple words out and just groan in love and concern and a desire for these per- people to get through a terrible situation. And that's what the Holy Spirit does for you and for me. Now some people say, "Well, is this praying in the spirit? Is that what that means?" It may be. But I can tell you this, whether it's praying with the Holy Spirit or if it's the Holy Spirit doing it all, doing it all himself, the Holy Spirit is your advocate before our Father. The Holy Spirit is going to bat for you and for me with the heavenly Father. And looking for grace and hope and life in the midst of our suffering and our pain. Then it goes on a little further. This is a confusing verse, so I'm gonna do my best to make it clear for you. Verse 27, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. The first part of that verse is referring to God our Father. Our Father who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. The clearest way I can put this is that the Holy Spirit is crying out to God for you and I, and sometimes, with those groans, with those sighs, the Father understands it and it counts as prayer. That's the simplest I can make that verse, that the Holy Spirit crying out to the Father for us is praying these perfect prayers for us, interceding for us, and the Father gets it. He understands and he responds out of love. Have you ever seen a young parent, they come up to you and they got their little like you know, a 10-month-old, one-year-old, they're all excited because this little guy learned his first words, you know, like, Johnny, Johnny learned his first word. Tell him, Johnny. And the baby's like, wah, wah. And you're like, what did I miss? You know what I mean? And then they translate for you that the baby was trying to say bottle. You're like, oh, yeah, it was so clear. How'd I miss that, right? But the reason the parent knew the child was saying bottle is because, number one, parents speak baby. But number two, they have this relationship with the child that you and I don't have. And the Holy Spirit and the Father have a relationship that is unique. And so when the Holy Spirit groans and sighs out of concern for you and for me, the Father goes, oh yeah, I get it. And I'm going to act on their behalf. And I love what this verse says, because it says that the Holy Spirit intercedes for the saints. And just so I can encourage you, the saints, that's not talking about St. Peter and St. Paul. No, the saints is you and me. That's us. I know maybe you don't walk around thinking yourself as a saint, but that's what God's word calls you and me, who have been forgiven and, and changed by God. And so the Holy Spirit's crying out to God for you and me in accordance with God's will. Perfect prayers are being prayed for your suffering, and your situation right now. Big, zoomed out, big picture, in-context prayers are being prayed by the Holy Spirit for you right now. That encourages me a lot, because I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm praying, I get a little too distracted and hung up on the words I'm saying, and maybe some of the phrases I'm using, and oh, do I have enough faith and all those things are just hang-ups and they're ways that we get ourselves psyched out in prayer and, and God, our Father, just wants us to approach him. But, but I love that as we're maybe wrestling with some of that, the Holy Spirit's praying perfect prayers for you and for me. And so in our suffering, in the midst of the pain that we go through, we have this advocate with our Father. We have this amazing Holy Spirit going and bat for us so that you and I have the grace that we need to continue to move forward, and so reason number one: I have hope in the midst of our pain and suffering is that the Holy Spirit is praying for us next part we find here in verse twenty eight one of the most famous verses ever it 's on a lot of pillows on a lot of couches it 's on a lot of coffee mugs and christmas cards and it 's on a lot of uh, it 's just one of the best verses ever and if you Uh, don't know this verse, get it in your heart. Even if you're like, yeah, man, I'm not gonna memorize Romans 8, get this verse in your heart because this is reason number two, we have hope in the midst of suffering. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. Now, just look at that verse for a second. We gotta see that there's a couple qualifiers in there. It says that God works for the good, not of everybody in the whole world, no, he works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. And so if you're not a follower of Jesus, can I just pause for a second and talk to you and say, you know, have you responded to God's love and to the call that he puts out for salvation? Because you can have this verse be true of you tonight before you leave this building. You can have a God on your side that works all things for your good. It's just as simple as responding to his love by loving him back, putting your trust in him, responding to his call of salvation. Jesus died on the cross so you could have a father who works everything for good. And so tonight, before you leave, I'm going to give you an opportunity to put your trust in him if you would like to. But reason number two to have hope in the midst of our suffering is that God works all things for our good. God works all things for your good. Everything. Now here is what we have to talk about for a few minutes is that I think that some of us come up with different categories and we've decided that that God working all things for good doesn't apply to this one category. I think there's really, as I thought about it, there's probably four, maybe you can come up with some more, but four categories of suffering. One category of suffering is there because of our own sin. And I think a lot of us look at that and say, because I got myself in this trouble, God can't work this for good. God can't use this for good because I got myself into this, and so he can't turn this for good, or at least I don't deserve him to. A little newsflash, we never deserve for God to turn anything for our good, but he's so good to us that not only does He do it when we're just sort of living life, he also does it even when we've sinned against him, even when we've done something wrong. God still desires to turn that for good. And some of you haven't brought the pain of a circumstance to God because you're saying, I got myself into this. How could I bring this to God and ask him to make anything good out of this? That's how good he is to you. He wants to still do that. He's that good a father. That's what he wants for you. My kids are really great kids, but they're still sinful because we all are here in this broken world, right? And sometimes when my kids do something wrong, we don't do this all the time, but once in a while when my kids do something wrong and we've kind of dealt with them and disciplining them, what we'll do is is we'll go above and beyond and, and show some extra kindness to them to demonstrate the point that God is still good to us even when we sin. And that, yeah, there's still consequences and still sometimes our Father has to discipline us because of his love for us, but yet he's still wants to bring good to us and be good to us even in those circumstances. I don't know if any of you guys have read that book, The Five Love Languages. It talks about, you know, how we kind of all have these different love languages, physical touch, quality time, gifts, acts of service, all these different things. Well, there's a sixth love language that the author missed. My kid's love language is called Slurpees. And uh, so they love Slurpees. And so we'll have plans to go get them some Slurpees. And Then they'll get into some kind of an altercation and then we have to sit down and we gotta do the discipline thing. And once in a while we'll be like, you know what guys, we're still gonna get you Slurpees. Honestly, you don't deserve it with how you've acted in the last half hour. But we just want you to see how God treats us. That yes, there's consequences and yes, we gotta get disciplined. But even when we make mistakes and even when we willfully sin, God still desires to bring good out of it. And so I wanna encourage you if you've been holding some aspect of suffering in and you haven't let God bring healing because you're saying, hey man, I got myself into this, it's time to bring that to God too and say, God, I don't deserve for you to do this, but, but graciously, Lord, because you're good, would you bring good out of this situation anyway? A second category that I think we can all identify with is when we're suffering because somebody else sinned. Somebody else did something against us. And I think this one's tricky too. You know why? Why? Because when someone else sins against us, we have to swallow some pride and maybe even forgive to be able to take that suffering before our Heavenly Father and say, God, I'm going to humble myself and ask you to deal with the pain of this situation. I think there's a part of us that that almost wants to keep that away from God and any good from coming out of it, almost like we think that's going to punish the person who did it, which that's just not clear thinking. What we got to be willing to do is say, okay, God, they broke me, and they really tore me apart, but because you've forgiven me, I'm going to forgive them, and because I want healing, and I want you to bring good out of this, I'm going to bring you that area of my life and ask you to bring some good. And that's hard. That's difficult. I understand that's a layered situation, but I want to encourage you, don't continue to suffer and, and not allow God to bring good out of your situation just to, like, prove a point. Bring that pain to God and let him do what he can do in your life. The third category is we suffer sometimes just because we live in a broken world. And there's no direct correlation between sin and the pain we go through. It's just we live in a broken world. Yes, sin introduced back in the day entered suffering and pain into the world, but it's not a direct correlation like he did this or I did this, so now I suffer. It's no, now because we live in a broken world due to what happened thousands of years ago, We suffer. We get sick sometimes and and things don't always go right and there's broken relationships and finances aren't always what they want, what they should and could be, and, and we suffer because of that. But there's a fourth category, and I think this one is so important. You see, I think some of us are suffering today because God wants to use that suffering in our life to produce something unique. I think this fourth category is a difficult one, but It's so true, and it's biblical, and you can see it in people's lives throughout Scripture. And you, if you've been a follower of Jesus for a while, you can see it in your own life if you look back on the other side of it. There's an area of suffering that God is allowing to remain in your life because he wants to accomplish something in you through it. He wants to accomplish something that otherwise wouldn't be accomplished. He wants you to cling to him in a way and grow in him in a way that just wouldn't happen if you weren't going through the difficulty that you're going through. And he's a good God through this. He's good to us. He's, he's always out for your good. God never allows anything in our lives that isn't ultimately going to be used for our good. That's what this verse tells us. All things for our good. And sometimes we're really struggling with this. And and, and there are probably many of us in the room that have been kind of going back at God, and we've been fighting God lately. God, why haven't you taken this away yet? How can you be good and still be letting this go on? And our Heavenly Father's going, I know you don't get it yet. I know, but I need you to trust me. I love you so much, and I have your best in mind. Don't fight me on this. Trust that I'm out for your good. Maybe a little illustration will help. A couple months ago, when Alan Ross was in town, Joey and I went to take him upstate after he'd been with us for a few days. And so Joey and I jump in the car, we drive over to the hotel, pick up Alan, throw all his stuff in the trunk. And uh, it was a long trip upstate, and so I just took my coat off, threw it in the trunk, and... We just closed the trunk and it wouldn't close. It wouldn't shut. I'm like, what's going on here? And so try it again. Try it again. Move some suitcases around a little bit. Try it again. Joey, you do it. You work out. Try it again. Didn't work. Kept popping up. Kept popping up. I'm like, what is going on here? We couldn't figure it out. And, and I'm like, Alan, didn't you see this coming? Come on, man. And so we're like, what's going on here? And so eventually we just got tired of it and we just took everything in the trunk and put it in the back seat and the trunk closed perfectly. I'm like, all right, I don't know. Maybe like a sensor was blocked or it was just too much. Couldn't figure it out, right? So we make the trip. Fast forward a few weeks, Joey, Andrew, and Anthony and I are going out on a little check of our own. And so we leave the church building, and I'm, again, I'm thinking the same thought. Like, oh, it's going to be a long trip. I don't want to get hot in the car. I throw my, my jacket in the trunk. Again, trying to close it. It won't close. We're out there for like 10 minutes trying to figure out why won't this trunk close. Andrew's taking the lever apart, like trying to do all these different things. And then it dawns on me. Both times I put my jacket in the trunk, and my keys were in my jacket both times. And the car was sensing my keys in the trunk. And the design of the car was out for my good so that idiot Doug wouldn't lock his keys in the trunk. And here I am slamming the trunk, yelling at the trunk. Our whole crew is trying to figure out why this stupid car is malfunctioning. What is wrong with this? The trunk popping was a gift to me. It was for my good the entire time. And you know what? Some of us are slamming the trunk on God. And we're trying to figure out why He's allowing this, and why isn't He doing something, and how can He be good, and what's with this defect in the plan? And ultimately, He's out trying to rescue us from something, protect us from something stupid that we might be doing. He's out for something we just can't see. As some of us are looking at the trunk popping in our life going, man, how am I going to get through this? Why doesn't God love me? What's going on here? And our Father in heaven is saying, just trust me. I know you don't see it. I know you don't understand. You can't see why the keys are in the trunk. You don't get it right now, but I just want you to know that I've got it under control, and I'm always, always, always out for your good, and I am going to produce something you will desire. See, some of the suffering in our life is actually an answer to our prayer. We go, God, use me. God, make me more loving. God, make me more joyful. God, get this depression out of my life. God, help me to learn how to persevere. God, increase my work ethic, God. And God's going, okay, those are all good things. And so I'm gonna introduce something in your life that's uncomfortable and might be painful for a season, but watch what comes out of it. And that's where you and I more and more have to learn not to fight God and slam the trunk, but submit and surrender in those moments. And some of us are going through that right now. And it's hard. And you're zoomed in on your pain. And you've got no idea of all the huge picture and the context that God is seeing. And so it's time for you and I to zoom out and to remember that whether it's our sin, someone else's sin, living in a broken world, or a piece of suffering in our life because God's up to something that he's always, always, always desiring to turn it for our good. And so reason number two to hope in the midst of our suffering is that God works all things for your good. So if we take everything we've talked about so far and kind of put it all together in one bottom line here for today, a reason, two reasons rather, we can hope in the midst of suffering is because the Holy Spirit is praying for you and God works all things for your good. And so now in just these few little verses, how do we respond? Well, we got to zoom out. We've got to zoom out. We've got to see context. We've got to see the big picture when all we can do is see our pain, when all we can do is see our suffering. We've got to take a step back and say, okay, Holy Spirit, you are interceding for me right now. You are pleading with groans and sighs out of concern for me that I get through this, that I get healed up, provided for, led forward, led to a new destination, helped out, frailty uplifted, weaknesses taken care of. Holy Spirit is at work behind the scenes doing all that in our lives. And God is always desiring to use every situation for our good. He's always desiring to turn it. And my my question to you is, is, will you let him? Will you cooperate with him? When it's your sin that's gotten you there, will you still allow him to use it for good? When it's somebody else's sin, will you still bring that area to him and say, I forgive, help me, God. If you can't forgive, it's time to start praying, help me forgive, God. Help me forgive them. And God, I give you permission and access to this area of my life to bring some healing. Living in a broken world, Sometimes just the frustration of that. We looked at that last week, how all creation is just groaning in frustration that this world is broken, and yet hope is coming. One day all will be redeemed. And looking at those areas of suffering because God's up to something. And and the hard thing about that is we don't always know when it's that category. You know, It's hard sometimes to know, oh, this is the fourth category Doug was talking about. Of course, God's going to do something great. He's got this great plan. We don't always see that. But we can know that no matter what category our suffering falls in, God is going to bring good. And I would guess, like I said earlier, if you've you've been a follower of Jesus for a while, you can already look back on your life and see how God has done this. Your own sin, somebody else's sin, the brokenness of our world, or a situation that's there on purpose for a season. I'm guessing you can already see how God has used it. And if we do this, if we learn how to zoom out, our suffering becomes bearable. Our suffering doesn't outweigh our hope and doesn't outweigh our joy. But we can see what our Father's up to because the Holy Spirit's at work and our Father's turning all things for good. And so if we take last week's message and we put it together and we kind of view last week and this week as one big message, three three reasons to hope in the midst of suffering, because our current suffering doesn't compare to our future glory, because the Holy Spirit is praying for you, and because God works all things together for you. Good. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I would love for you to have this hope. I would love for you to see the difference that God wants to make in your life. And I'm going to give you an opportunity in just a minute to begin a conversation with God. And you're more than welcome today to put your trust in Him as your Savior and your Lord to begin to make a difference in your life, like He has in so many of us. And if you're a follower of Jesus, I just want to lead you through those different suffering categories in a prayer and ask you to surrender those different places to God and ask him to bring some healing. But be encouraged tonight, because the Holy Spirit's praying for you, and God works all things for your good. Let's pray. God, we're so grateful to you, Lord, that no matter what our suffering, no matter what our situation, that the Holy Spirit's active in our lives tonight. Thank you so much that we have someone going to bat for us. We have someone praying perfect, big picture, zoomed out, full context prayers. Thank you, God, that the Holy Spirit is at work in our situations. I thank you for all the times, Holy Spirit, that you have gotten us through situations we don't even realize it. All the prayers that the Holy Spirit, you have prayed for us, that the Father has answered. We thank you, God, that you're for us, that we're not alone. God, we thank you that you work all things for good. If you're a follower of Jesus, can I just pray you through those categories? Would you just bring to God the categories where the category of your own sin, the suffering, the pain that you've caused yourself because you've gone down past God, didn't want you to go down, and, and maybe it's time to repent of some stuff and confess some things to God, but you've got to turn that corner and get to the place where you can ask him to make some good out of it. Would you now bring to him that category of other people's sin that's caused you suffering and pain? Maybe it's time to ask for grace to be able to forgive them. Or maybe it's time to just take that area of your life that you've had sort of off limits to God and say, God, I surrender that to you and I ask you to bring healing and good out of that. Maybe some of us are just suffering today because of that third category, just sickness or broken relationship because we live in a broken world and would you just bring those needs before God ask him for healing would you now just bring that fourth category to God say God there are certain circumstances in my life that I've been slamming the trunk on you God would you help me to respond in trust and surrender Would you help me to see the good that you want to work in all this? If you're not a follower of Jesus tonight, I would love for you to just pray with me. Now, if you'd like to put your trust in Jesus, you can just pray something like this silently to God. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you so much for the gift of salvation that you want me to enjoy. Holy Spirit, would you fill my life now and would you... Go to bat for me with the Heavenly Father. Would you pray those perfect prayers on my behalf? Heavenly Father, would you now work all things?